2024, here we come. In one sense, this is just another Sunday. But on the other hand, it's a moment to stop, to pause, to reflect and prepare for what's ahead. I was um, reading, I'm, I'm a keen observer in things that are happening in society and in community. And I was reading the other day regarding 2023, you would have to admit that through one lens, it was quite tumultuous. Globally, there were some issues going down politically, economically. It was, it was a challenging year for a lot of people. One sociologist wrote just in the last few days, regarding the last 12 months, said, the pace of change has been staggering. And if you've found the past few years stressful and disorienting, it's time to brace because it's going to escalate. Now that's through the lens of somebody that I don't even believe is a person of faith. But today I want to take you and I'm going to call you to shift your perspective. We are people in society, but we are of the kingdom. Can you say amen? We're of the kingdom. We're, we're not ostriches. We're aware of what's happening. But when I read these reports, I am so glad that as a follower of Jesus, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. I'm in the world, and I'm not of it. And if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, we're going to give you an opportunity today. Whether you're online, whether you're in Ipswich, whether you're in this room, today could be the day. That you say, you know what? I'm sick and tired of trying to do life on my own. I need a strength. I need an ability beyond myself. I need the help of my creator. You can know that today. This day. You know, in in the middle of all the flux of society, and it's been quite radical, we find an unchanging God. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. Speaking of Jesus, the writer of Hebrews said he's the same. Say same. Hey, how many know that not much has stayed the same lately? But who knows that our Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his kingdom is not found in the temporal realm. The dynamics of the kingdom are very different to that of this world. That's why as followers of Jesus, we need to heed to his teachings. Listen to how Jesus taught in that magnificent sermon that we call the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, verse 31 through to 34. If you're a visitor today and you didn't bring a Bible, that's cool. We like to bring Bibles. I love to get on a lift in a hotel with a Bible. This is an amazing book. It's the only book on the planet that the author promises to turn up every time you open it. Let's be people that keep the book open. Let's actually be people this year who actually get a paper Bible. All right? I don't know about you, but I'm one of the most easily distracted humans on the planet. And if I'm trying to read on the scripture and a text message comes up on my phone, I'm cooked. That's why this, put your phone away, put it on silent and face down and get the book out and devour it. It will change your life. Does anybody know I'm telling the truth? So in the Sermon on the Mount, when you begin to read it, Jesus says this. So if you're if you're not got a Bible, have a look on on the screens. We do Bible karaoke at Hope Center. Here we go. This is what Jesus said. Do not worry. I mean, now that's a great way to start the year. So do not worry what you'll eat, or what you'll drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, 
and your heavenly Father. I love this line. I saw it in my Bible this morning. I thought, wow, your heavenly Father knows. Isn't this amazing? Your heaven, he's not just sitting up on the, on the throne in heaven with a bunch of angels just, you know, singing all kinds of songs of, you know, praise and whatever. He knows. He is connected and he's vitally interested in you. How many people are glad about that? Your heavenly Father knows you, you need them. But seek first. Seek what? Seek first the kingdom. We seek it when? First. We seek what? The kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow, isn't this amazing? Tomorrow, well, Monday's already stressing about Monday. It says, tomorrow will worry about itself. And every parent who've had kids on holidays during this weather know that each day has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> Seek first the kingdom, all the other stuff will sort it out, self out. We've been singing a song here this morning. Jesus at the center of it all. May this not just be a song, a cute thought, a cliche. But let's put Jesus in the center. Let's seek first his kingdom and all the other things. All the stuff we worry about, all the stuff we stress about. He says, you know what? They're going to be added. They'll fit into place when you put Jesus at the center and seek his kingdom first. That kingdom, Paul writes to the Roman church, he said, it's, a diff- it's very different to society. The kingdom of God is all about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. That's the kingdom of God. Seek first that, not all the other stuff that people are stressing about. I can't overstate the importance of being disciplined in what we focus on. See, when you shift the focus of your life, your emotions will follow. I have a simple cliche in life that I apply to my life. What you behold, you become. Paul writes to him, makes it a little more profound when he writes to the Corinthian church. He says, we all with open face behold him, and as we behold him, we are changed to become like him. When you behold him, you become more like him. When you focus on the things that are stressing society out, you become a stress ball. Choose what you focus. Looking up lifts you up. We are outside the other night with... with uh, some of our family, and we're just putting the little kids in the cars and buckling them into their seats. And all of a sudden, one of my daughters-in-law said, Oh, wow, have a look at the sky. The day had been gloomy. But all of a sudden, the clouds began to part, and this beautiful pink haze filled the western sky. And as we all looked up, it was, it was like, Oh, wow. I don't know about you, but as you start to behold things of beauty, it's like, oh, that changed my inner world. It's like, yeah, look at that. It's been dark. It's been gloomy. But we're not looking about that. We're not even talking about that because look at what we can see now. And in beholding things of beauty, something changed. Compare that to how you feel when you see something that's terrible, something tragic, perhaps a terrible accident. It, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a shift. No wonder the writer of Hebrews says says that we should do this. He said, look to Jesus, who's what? 
the author and finisher of your faith, when you look to Jesus, something begins to rise in your faith levels. Look to Jesus. Choose. Learn spiritual disciplines. Make wise decisions about what is the focus of your life. I'm somebody that's interested in, in world events and current, current affairs and that. And so I, I check the news. I watch the 6 o'clock news. But you know what? There's something that dominates the reports of the 6 o'clock news. When I choose to look at this, something shifts. I can watch the news and get all upset about juvenile crime and rising interest rates and the cost of living and what's happening in the Middle East. And, you know, you can focus on that. And next thing you're talking about that and something begins to happen in your inner world. But when I look to Jesus, faith rises. And I'm calling us as a community of followers of Jesus to be people that focus on the right things as we launch into a brand new year. I'm going to tell you something. When you meditate on the majesty and on the enormity and the kindness and the generosity of your heavenly father, consequences will flow. Psalm 1. Psalm 1 just shows us the benefits of making wise decisions, of being people that put spiritual disciplines into practice. Psalm 1. Learn, if you're going to learn some scriptures, can I encourage you to put Psalm 1 in your top 10? You're going to learn to memorize some scripture? Put, put Psalm 1 in there. Listen to what it says. Blessed is the one, see here's some decisions, who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But here's some wise decisions whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Are you ready to see the benefits? Choices we've made, the focus of our life, the company we keep, where we find ourselves planted, all these things are important. Then he says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whether whatever they do prospers. Let me tell you something, God is for you. Somebody say amen. He wants you to live a flourishing life. He wants you to live a fulfilling life. Jesus didn't just come for you to have eternal life. He came for you to have a rich life, a life that worships him, a life that blesses your generation. That's who and what we're meant to be. But you know where it starts? Where we focus. How we live. My assignment today is simply to remind you that God is for you and he invites you to see things, live things differently. Different to a society that is driven by quite a negative narrative. God's in control. And he wants to give you just a very different, a very different narrative to your life. Listen, I was recently somewhere, and some people in the new in the room knew things, where well, others didn't. And the people that knew things had that smug look on their face. So you know that smug look. They they know there's a surprise coming. They, you know it could be a surprise party. It could be a surprise guest. It could be a surprise treat. And you know the ones that know stuff? They're like. You know what? As followers of Jesus, we can be those people. Oh, it's all dark and it's all this and that and, you know, end times. And, you know, listen, Jesus is coming back. 
I don't know when. Just know it'll be a cloudy day, so it could have been all, all these holidays. Could have been. Don't know. I don't know when he's coming back. I, I know people online know more than Jesus. Jesus said, I don't even know, but apparently some people online know. That's okay. And, and I know the word's getting a bit weird. All right. I, I, I know all that. But you know what? I, I live with a hope. I live with a faith because of choices I've made. And you can too. There's an excitement. There's a joy about the future when you know things are going to be amazing. We're those people. Not that we should have an arrogant, smug look on our face, but there's, there's this excitement, there's this joy, there's this hope. Listen to how Paul put it. This is what I really want to dive onto. 1 Corinthians. In his letter to the Corinthians, the second chapter, he writes this in verse 9. He said, as it is written... What no, this is awesome. I want you to catch this because this is going to help you in 2024. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, here we go, those are the things that God, read this next line with me, has revealed to us by his spirit. He goes on and says, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. God has a different narrative. He has a different plan to all the doom and gloom messages that are floating out in society today. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard the profound and amazing things that God has for you, for your household, for your future. And it's a mystery. But though it's a mystery, here's what Paul says, though it's a mystery, though it's amazing, you can still know it. See, we're of the kingdom. We've already uh, 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 acknowledged that. We're of the kingdom. And this spiritual kingdom has spiritual language. The language of the spirit is different to the language of society. The language of the spirit is in dreams, is in visions, is in prophecies. I've already acknowledged the importance of the word of God. The word of God, the Bible tells me, is, is like a light for me on my feet and a lamp for my path. It shows me who I am and where I am. It shows me where I can go. We need to be people of the word. Can you say amen? We are people of the word. This, what I'm sharing today does not negate the importance of the Bible. Your word, his word, it's important, the Bible says. But I want to take you a little deeper, a little beyond that, because some of us are a little unsure. Some of us are a little anxious about our future, our studies, our job, relationships and whatever. I'm here today to tell you that God has great things in store for you. He has a great narrative for you to walk in. He has great plans and purposes, and he wants to show you what they are by his Holy Spirit. By his Holy Spirit. It's a good reason to be filled with the Holy Spirit and stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen to the promise of Joel, repeated by Peter on the day of Pentecost, Joel 2, 28. He says, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will do what? They'll prophesy. Your old men, anybody know any old men? 
Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. I have an assignment today to say to the people of God, it's time to dream again. It's time to embrace the visions that God has put you in, put in your heart. It's time to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit, Paul encourages us to do. And when we're being filled with the Holy Spirit, we see things, we know things, we march to the different drum, we live with a different focus, we have different expectations to what the doom and gloom messages that are floating in society are. God has revealed amazing things to us by his Spirit. It's time to dream again. It's time to allow God to breathe on the visions that you've carried for your life. I love what Michelangelo said. He said, the great danger for all of us is not that we aim too high and miss it, but that we aim too low and reach it. It's time to dream again. It's time to believe great things. Oh, the narrative is the church in the Western world is dying. Let me tell you, I'm not living in a post-Christian era. I'm living in a pre-revival era. I'm ready to see God move powerfully. Come on, look at this. This is the first Sunday of the year. This is when everybody's still clocked off. God is doing something in our hearts. He's readying us for amazing things by his spirit. I don't know about you, but I'm dreaming big dreams for this year. God is revealing things to us by his spirit. Don't be that person that dies wondering. What if? What, 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 what if? Come on, be those people that step out and take the steps of faith. Live on the front foot. Be the person that the Bible tells you you can be, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Not always reacting to the problems, but living on the front foot, the foot of faith. It's time to prophesy. I said it's time to prophesy. To speak to your future using the word of God. Speak to it. That's why we need to be in the word so that when we prophesy, you know what prophesy, prophesying really is? It's simply taking the words of another and using them on his behalf or her behalf and speaking them with their authority. So when I prophesy, I take God's word and I speak to situations. I speak to things that can cause fear and speak to things that can cause anxiety and speak to things that cause great danger. And I speak to them and I use the word of God. It is written, this is what God says, and begin to prophesy. Go into your kids' rooms and prophesy over them. Don't be weird. Don't be weird, parents. Just don't be weird. But just, just, just be people who naturally are supernatural and speak in the word of God. I promise you, the effects on your soul will be profound. Will be profound. It's in that space that anxiety gives way to hope. What did Jesus say? Don't be anxious about anything. Don't stress about what pagans, non-followers of Jesus, that's what he's really saying. Don't stress about that stuff. Because in that space, being led by the Holy Spirit, doubt gives way to expectation. Despair gives way to joy. When I'm dreaming, God dreams. When I'm embracing the vision he's put in me by the Holy Spirit. When I'm using his word and his Holy Spirit's enlightened things in Scripture and I'm beginning to speak to them into situations. Turn on the news and it's all about rising interest rates. I, I get it. I get it. But you know something? If we apply the principles of the scriptures, I guarantee over the long term, God will come through. Stay planted. 
do what the scripture says and he will undertake. He is amazing. Prophesy, dream, vision. But then the question comes up, what if, what if I can't identify a dream or a vision? I, 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 don't know if, I, I don't know if it was just something I ate the night before I had this dream. I had this dream last night, true dream. I had this dream last night that I, I went fishing and I forgot to put my boat on the trailer and I went home. I woke up worried, like, where's my boat? Where's my... That's not a God-given dream. You know that you know when God's given you a God-given dream. It, it grows, you can't resist it, it's, it's full of faith. What if you haven't got a vision? What if you, you've actually been in Scripture and... You know, can I tell you something? Sometimes when we're looking for direction, we get so stressed about finding direction in Scripture, we'll take anything we can find. You ever met people that play Bible bingo? I need direction. I need to know who to marry. Oh, Judas. Mm. Uh, <laughs> hung himself. So, so uh, you know, we, we, get, we get a little stress. And, and I've met people that, you know, the, I don't know about you. Some of you are old enough to remember when they used to have promise boxes. Remember those little things? Had little scriptures wound up a little piece of paper and you dig one out. Yeah. How about we just be people who consistently live in the word of God and as we go, he'll give us a jigsaw puzzle piece bit by bit and eventually our future will become clear. That's how his word works. That's how his word works. Some of you don't recall having had a prophecy despite every loud shirt you've ever worn to revival meetings. I don't know why it is, but most prophets come to town and prophesy on the front row. I don't get that. It happens. There, there is a genuine prophetic dimension that I believe that God is bringing more and more to this house. But some of us won't get a prophecy. You'll respond to altar calls and people will minister to you wonderfully and minister the power in the name of Jesus, but you won't necessarily get a prophecy. What do we do then? No vision, no dream, no prophecy, no scripture that's left off the page. What do we do then? How do I know that future that I hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard? It's amazing and it's magnificent. How, how do I stay stuck? The answer is no. And I'm here to help you today. What do I do without a vision, a dream, a prophecy? Without an illuminated scripture? What do I do about my future? Psalm 37. Verse 3 and 4. Here it is. Every one of us can understand God's preferred plans and future for us if we apply these scriptures. Ready? Here it is. Psalm 37. Verse 3 says, trust in the Lord. You're going to see some big words here today. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Verse 4, one of my favorite verses in the Psalms. Trust, sorry, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the what? The desires of your heart. See those big words? Trust the Lord. Do good. Dwell. I want to be part of a community that, that being in community and dwelling and living in Christ and being part of worship and being part of, of life-giving relationships matters because when it's not just the it, it's it's not just those fleeting moments, but it, it's the long-term plan to stay planted 
is where the fruit begins to develop. Dwell in the land. Enjoy safe pasture. here's, Here's the big thought that I want to finish on today. Take delight in the Lord. As some versions say, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So if I haven't got a dream that I can really identify or a vision, prophecy, illuminated scripture, maybe the key to me understanding what God really wants for my future is in recognizing my God-given desires. Because the magnificent thing about our creator, the God that we were worshiping this morning, he's given us skills, gifts, talents, grace, and anointings. He's given us all of those. Paul writes to the Ephesian church and he says that, that we are pre-planned miracles. We are his workmanship created in Christ to do good things that he prepared in advance for us to do. How can we know what he's prepared in advance for us to do? Because we're his workmanship and he's put in me gifts and talents. There are certain things that you can do that I could never do. There are certain things that I can do that you may not be able to do either. And the beauty of the body of Christ, the beauty of us being created in the image of God is this amazing, expansive, big God. He created all kinds of reflections of his image and he put us in the world and he put us in the church to represent him and glorify him. And he wants us to be all we can be to his glory. How do I know why? how I can be all I can be? Answer, identify your desires. Those God-given desires. Those God-given desires that will glorify God, benefit others, take me down the paths of adventures of faith and a rich and fulfilling life. Identify those things. See, that, that thing in your heart, that desire of your heart, is a compass and it'll take you places. It'll direct you places. So here's the big question I have for you today. You ready? Maybe you haven't had a prophecy lately. Maybe this has been food for your soul, but it hasn't been like a map for your future. How do, how do I know how to move towards that exciting new season in God? Here it is, you ready? Identify your desires. Let me make it as simple as possible. What do you want to do in 2024? What do you want to do that will glorify God and bless others? What do you want to do? When you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, some people ask me, you'd start talking about this verse? Delight yourself in the Lord and give you the desires of your heart. How do I know that's not selfish ambition? Very good question. Let's have a look at the scripture. Delight yourself in the Lord. Are you delighting in him? Are you living in his word? Are you staying filled with his Holy Spirit? Then let me tell you something. I will guarantee those desires have got the touch of heaven upon them. Delight yourself and he'll give you the desires of your heart. See, a pure heart eliminates the fear of not pleasing God. I need to say that again. A pure heart eliminates the fear of not pleasing God. Clarifying? John writes in his epistle, 
He said, if my heart condemns me not, I've got peace with God. I remember coming here with these dreams for this church. Large church, multi-site, reaching the five cities and of our region and beyond. It wasn't for my glory or my benefit, but as doing all we could do to reach as many people for Jesus. I had certain visions and certain things that weren't quite clear, and as we've walked in them, they've become clearer. But I tell you, beyond any prophecy, beyond any dream, beyond any vision, there was this burning desire in my heart. And I guarantee as I begin to speak to it, I'm speaking in various lives right now, and things are awakening. Oh, that's a compass. As we, as a, as a household, as a family, or as an individual, begin to navigate the future, we're, we're not going to look and, and, and look at society and look at the stock exchange and look at interest rates the way pagans do. Those things happen, and they'll take care of themselves, but we're going to be people of the kingdom that are living, hearing the languages of the kingdom in our heart, and then walking them out to his glory. I really believe today that faith's going to rise in our hearts because eyes may not have seen and ears may not have heard all that God has got planned. But hear me, you can know them by the person and power of the Holy Spirit. There are women in our room right now that are pregnant. Probably if they're advanced in that term, we all know. But in those first few weeks, they were the only ones that knew. They were carrying something. They knew stuff. And they were walking around. They knew something. They were carrying something that few of us knew about. But they did. They did. There's a change coming. There's, there's an exciting new season ahead. I'm, I'm, car- I, I'm carrying something that's been birthed within me. Let me tell you something. That's how people of the kingdom are meant to live. That's how people who, who, are, who are filled with the Holy Spirit are meant to live. We're not like, oh, I want, no, no, I know. I'm not anxious. I'm not afraid. I'm ready for all that God has for us. See, when, when we're led by the Spirit of God, listen. Your interest rates will not be attached. Sorry, your, your interest rates will not attach themselves to your emotions. When, when you're led by the Spirit of God, joy won't be determined by political parties. I know so many Christians who get so, so caught up with politics. I'm in and out of places like Canberra on your behalf. I get it. But let me tell you something. No prime minister, no premier, no political party is actually going to set the tone of my inner world because I'm not of this world, I'm of the kingdom of God. We can speak out and we can make our, as, as people in a democracy, we can make our opinions known, but you know what? I'm not going to let that rob my peace and I'm not going to, come on, help me today. I'm not going to let it rob my joy. I'm not going to let it erode my faith for a bright future. Whatever political party rules in our local, in our state, or our federal politics, let me tell you something. There is a king who is the king of all kings. And I'm going to look to him because he's the author and finisher of my faith. I've got desires. My peace can't be robbed despite global conflicts. Here's the big thought. Because our hope is built on firm foundations. One of our pastors 
called me the other day on his way home from a funeral. To my knowledge, the funeral was not for somebody who would call themselves a Christian. This person was in the news just recently, and it was quite a tragic death of a younger person. And our team member rang me and said, Pastor Wayne, it dawned on me today that without Jesus, life is empty. Without Jesus, there's no hope. And and, and in, in moments like funerals, we throw out cliches, but they have no substance. Thank God for God's incredible love shown to us through Jesus. Thank God for the incredible sacrifice of Jesus. His death did not keep him in a tomb. Thank God for his Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead. And now his Holy Spirit is causing you and I to rise from unfulfilling, ordinary lives, living with hope, you know, living with our heads on swivel. What's the next opportunity? Is this part of the, my desire? Is this part of the dream? Is this the things I've been prophesying? Ready for a new year. Full of faith. Full of hope. And filled with joy.